It's the Post Traumatic Faith Podcast with your host, Jill Riley. On this podcast, Jill explores what faith can look like after trauma. Hi, I'm Jill Riley. I am an author and a minister. I am also a trauma survivor and live with complex PTSD, depression, anxiety, and a dissociative disorder. My prayer is that post-traumatic faith will bring you hope and joy in your own journey. Welcome to Post-Traumatic Faith. This is Jill Riley, and I am so excited today to have Leah Mason Virgin with us, a business and life coach. Leah, welcome. Thank you, Jill. I am so excited and honored to be here today. I have been looking forward to chatting with you uh, because I do enjoy talking with you so much. You too. Yeah. Lee and I were just talking. We just said we could probably, we could probably talk all day and not run out of words, right? (laughs) Exactly. I like words and I like to talk. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Let me tell people about, about you. Leah empowers women to achieve the miracles they're asking God for by connecting them into his word, insights, kingdom principles, strategies, and an empowered faith-filled mindset. Leah's years in corporate, nonprofits, healthcare, and other industries in combination with her faith community, nursing, business, and life coach certifications enable her to serve women in all areas of life. Her passion is to empower women so that they cultivate healthy mindsets, habits, relationships, businesses, spirituality, and overall life. Leah, I need you in my life. Coordinate, coordinate, and help me, help me, uh, help me coach my life. (laughs) Well, I'd be honored to. It is my absolute honor to be able to serve in that way. And I never expected to be here in this space, serving the way that I do. Yeah. What about, um, what about serving women and their worlds really, um, impassioned you really made you so interested in that? Um, because I, because I spent so many decades, um, with anxiety and depression and a lot of fear, a lot of, um, brokenness inside of me. Um, I didn't have a deep core sense of worth or value in, uh, who I was and as a child of God. And so I lived a very, uh, a very marginalized dysfunctional on many levels, um, life. I think that to some degree, I, I, I did put up a pretty decent front, um, you know, in terms of, of what others saw somewhat, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I know the core of me was, um, eating a roller coaster of emotions all day, every day. My first ulcer was at 30. My second one was at 32, Um, And so I really, when I came into my healing journey and really got on the other side of that, I was just 
I wanted it for everyone. I wanted healing for everyone. I, at mm-hmm. the core of me, I'm a healer. Um, as as you guys heard, I do. Ha- I am a registered nurse. I do have a registered nursing degree, um, but my first degree is public relations communications. Jill's not shocked by this. Um, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> um, and I spent over a decade in the healthcare environment. So a lot of. Um, you know, I saw a lot of things I, and I saw a lot of brokenness and, and the disease of, you know, the dis-ease disease of what American culture women experience comes from, um, you know, a culture that disempowers women, um, that doesn't uh, encourage them to have a voice, to put healthy boundaries up, mm-hmm. to prioritize their own um, spiritual health, mental health, and physical health first and foremost, before it encourages that we pour ourselves out and do all the things and be all the things and suck it up and be a doormat and all these things. Um, you know, that's the disjointed message that we have is this idea in American culture that, you know, a woman who's overwhelmed, stressed out, doing all the things they're like, oh, oh, you're so amazing. You're mm-hmm. so great. You're well, just and the thing on. about that is, is that people will pat you on the back for that overdrive and that um, Wonder Woman aspect. At the same time, they'll say, now you be sure and take care of yourself, but we want more, more, more from you. And so there's this real, um, there's this real disconnect in society uh, about how we communicate with women, our expectations and our needs, wants, and desires, right? Absolutely. And, you know, and, and that's the enemy. The enemy uh, is all about uh, mixed messages, right? We know that God is a, his message is one of symmetry, of balance, of beauty, of calm, of rest, of faithfulness, um, of seasons. Mm-hmm. Whereas the world's message is everything needs to be done now, 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 give me, give me, give me, uh, no patience, no, um, no margin for error. Mm -hmm. Um, I literally, uh, would go into work crying leave work crying when I was a nurse because the pressure to be perfect, to Mm -hmm. perfectly heal, to perfectly give of all of myself um, was the message I was receiving, you know, from the broken healthcare world, as well as from what others thought a nurse should be. Um, You know, and I had this just, just disjointed brokenness inside of myself. Mm-hmm. I, you know, pouring out, uh, you know, my adrenals were shot. My, uh, my bandwidth for, you know, my family was shot. My marriage was stressed under a lot of stress. Um, and, you know, I, I'm really, really grateful to God that, um, my marriage didn't implode that I'm able to, at this point, help my children heal from the, the, the way that I raised them. And, 
you know, I can take that, you know, mess and, you know, share it and make it a message. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about those first 30 years of your life. Um, Kind of what was your upbringing? Were you raised in a faith-based, in a faith-based home? Kind of what, what brought you to that point of that crisis of stress? Yeah. um, So I grew up in a a highly toxic environment. Um, My uh, parents for lack of a better word, um, because you can't really call people that are um, desperately broken and hurting and can't parent um, and mm-hmm. refuse to get that uh, mental health that the mental health that they need. Um, parents, they're actually all four of them. Um, so my biological mother, biological father, stepfather, stepmother, they're all on permanent timeout. Um, until they choose to get counseling for a minimum of two years. And we have yet to see that over almost, we're almost on a decade of, of mm. not. Um, so I didn't have parents. Um, I had, um, you know, adult broken humans um, that, you know, then broke their children, you know, um, passed on their brokenness into me. And so, you know, I'm, I'm surprised that I ended up married to the most amazing man on the planet, to be very honest with you. It was the sheer hand of God. Um, you know, I did do counseling in high school. I did some in college. Um, thankfully that was free. You know, the college Mm -hmm. counselor was, um, very pivotal in helping me, to unpack some really deep seated wounds. Um, But again, I didn't know, like I didn't have the things, the tools that I have now, the tools that I teach women so that they can heal and be empowered and start creating um, a healthy life Mm -hmm. and a healthy um, prosperous life. Um, I didn't have those. I didn't, you know, the church to me, the American Christian church that I grew up in um, was one of, you know, here's all your sins. Here's what the world's, you know, the word says now go and somehow figure it all out. Fix it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's just like, I didn't know, like I I kept, you know, like I, I would say to God, like, I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to fix the way that I think. Um, and, and, you know, and so you know, from the time I really started to get to know God in high school, you know, God said to me at the age of 18, I want you to write about me. And I said, well, I'm the last person (laughs) that should be writing about you. I'm not sure what that looks like, but that's a hard no. Um, you know, I flat out told God no. And, um, you know, I made up in my mind that, oh, you know, I'm just making this up. This is, this is not God that's really talking to me. Um, you know, I had come to Jesus as my Lord and savior, because I was sitting in a window contemplating suicide when I was 13. Um, and so, you know, I had audibly heard inside of my mind, the voice of Jesus that said, this, this is not my plan for you. Mm -hmm. 
and I will be there for you. And I clung to that throughout my high school years. And so when you live in a toxic environment and you're trying as best you can with all these mixed messages to survive, Mm -hmm. you can't even get to a place of thrive when you're literally trying to survive. And, um, and I just remember thinking, okay, um, like, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how to write about you. I don't know um, why you would even be calling me, right? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of just pushed aside that thought, but it reoccurred um, for decades, uh, you know, for many years, actually. But of course, I told God, I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm going to serve you by being a nurse. So get me into nursing school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's like, he's like, okay, seriously, I'm not sure when you're going to actually listen to me. Yeah. He knew exactly when I was going to listen, but he he was asking a rhetorical question. Um, but he was like, yeah, sure. You just keep powering down this road without me in full alignment, because Mm -hmm. there's two ways that we can live life in God's perfect will or God's permissible will. And I was in God's permissible will for the years from, you know, the time that, you know, I I basically was like, no, I'm not going to do that. So, you know, from around uh, (laughs) in my 20s until 40, (laughs) until 40 to get (laughs) to, you know, and because when we live in God's permissible will, it's a lot of our own power that we're using. We're not using God's power. We're not using God's word. And so we're depleting ourselves, right? Right. We're just pushing on, pushing on through and, and just giving of ourselves without receiving and being filled up. Yes. And I didn't sit down every morning and try to fill myself with God's spirit and word. Um, you know, I, in those years, I was a Christian in pretty much name. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't sound like a Christian. <laughs> the words that came out of my mouth were, uh, very similar to the toxic words that I had grown up with. Um, I cursed like a sailor and I was extremely negative. I'm surprised I still have friends left over. <laughs> 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 I mean, really, I, I have no idea even how I had friends back then. And then you didn't, you don't really know how um hurt and broken you are until you start gaining some traction in healing. Right. Right. So what was it that you think drove you to um to the stress breaking point of I've got to achieve, I've got to succeed, I've got to be the best. What was the message inside of you that was pushing that? Uh, well, knowing what I know now, I'll tell you what I thought after I tell you what I know. Okay. What I know is that I wasn't worthy, that I was seeking for worth and for value yep. from the world and from everyone around me. And when I became a nurse, when I went to nursing school, I remember 
the accolades that I received. Oh my gosh, you got into nursing school. It's so hard. I can't believe this. This You're amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I donned my, you know, scrubs, how I felt like, well, now I'm valuable. Mm-hmm. I'm good enough now was the recurring message. If I'm serving in this place, I'm good enough. Because I didn't think I was good enough. The message that I received as a child um, was that I wasn't good enough Mm -hmm. unless I did exactly that which my mother said was the good things. Mm -hmm. So I didn't inherently know my identity as worthy just because I exist and God made me as a child of him. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do anything. So you know that now, but during that stage of your life, was it just um, that you were telling yourself, I just got to be good. I've got to be the best at this. Yeah, I I wanted to portray an image of uh, value and worth, and this American culture values, you know, values a nurse, says that they're good people, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I, I felt like I was serving God because I was a healer, um, because I was helping other people that made me good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, But yet I was, do you feel like you were were not serving God in that role? Um, No, but it wasn't, it wasn't God's perfect will. It was not what he really truly wanted for me. And you know, you know, the difference when you talk to somebody who is literally bubbling over with, oh my gosh, I just, you know, when they're like, oh my God, I love what I do and it's so amazing and I can't wait to get up and go to work Mm -hmm. and it's so great. You can feel the energy from someone who is in God's perfect will because they're energized by what they do. I was depleted by what I did. Right. And it And I also didn't have the coaching tools that I have now to survive and thrive in that environment because I really wasn't meant to be in that environment. That was not the calling God had perfectly wanted for me. He wanted me to be a writer, a speaker, an empowerer for him. And so, you know, the message that I'm trying to, you know, share with you, with, you know, with your audience is if if you bubble over because, you know, you are, are you work at, at Target, then you're awesome. Do it. If you right. bubble over because you're at home caring for your babies, oh, do it. If you mm-hmm. bubble over because you, you, you go and you sit at an IT desk, yes, do it, Right. It's you, it's finding that space of being a knowing your identity in Christ right. and that you just are worthy because you exist, period. Mm-hmm. And then God's word actually says to find pleasure in your work is a gift from God, mm-hmm. right? It's not 
and you're good and God loves you if right. you do something for him. That's right. not that's not his word, but we think it's his word. That's what our churches t- like this message that if we do, then we're good enough. It doesn't have anything to do. I mean, literally, Jesus is, did not say, I'm waiting for you to do something before do I like you. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the antithesis of, of his, his message. You know, exactly. um, I haven't shared uh, much about my life with you, so I'm going to interject here. Um, yes, please. Six, six years ago, I went through a major mental breakdown and I was pastoring a church and I was running a consulting company and I had a photography business and I had four teenagers at home and had a major oh, mental gracious. crash. And, um, and all of a sudden, all that was stripped away from me. Like I didn't have my family. I was in a mental hospital for three months. I didn't have my church my church had to close down all of my identity was stripped away but somehow in my messaging somehow in what i had learned in the first 45 years of my life was do more be more say more write more it was all about the doing and i lost that sense of that sense of who i am is invaluable and beloved just because I'm a created being of God. And I lost that, that sense. And I still, you know, I still struggle with that. And like, is this, am I, am I doing enough? You know, I think doers and these overachieving personalities, it's hard to kind of appropriate the right, (laughs) the right messages. Right. But so I hear what you're saying. um, And it resonates with me deeply because I've sat in that place where all of a sudden all that was stripped away. And I, had to figure out who I was without a title, without even the title of, you know, like mom, like I was nobody's mom for a while, you know? Um, so yeah, so I hear you and I, and I resonate with that. Yeah. And you know, that, that place you were at came because of a world that imprinted a message on you. That's not even God's message. Mm-hmm. And, you know, getting to the place where we're literally wondering who we are and what we're supposed to do and be and how does our life look like, right, is we shouldn't have to get there. Like, our, but the enemy has done so much damage in our churches, mm-hmm. So much damage. This idea of like, I have to pour myself out as a drink offering every day, all day, every day. And your adrenals were shot. Mine were shot. Like I literally was at a a place of just exhaustion Mm -hmm. because there was no reserves left. Right. Right. And that- How did you go from um, that place? Talk to me about that transition between those years in between um, complete depletion and recognizing that you weren't in the perfect will of God to now where you feel like you are energized and and in lockstep with where you're supposed to be at or or where you, you know, God's heartbeat is for you. Mm. Well, I'd like to say that one day I just woke up and got the message. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, I'm a two by four Christian. I have to have somebody got us to knock me over the head before I figure things out half the time. Okay, good. So then this will resonate with you. <laughs> so, um, you know, we moved to Maryland and I, um, I tried to go back to work at, at a hospital and I literally had a fall on panic attack, um, the first day in orientation, literally I'm hired to this hospital and I show up for orientation because you can't even get onto the floor and start working until you do this like week long orientation to the hospital and their procedures and blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting there looking around and I'm listening to the speaker and I, 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 I am white knuckling trying to hold myself together. Mm -hmm. I am trying not to dry heave. I am trying not to start shaking, screaming and crying on my panic attacks. um, For years, I was very, I was able to keep them pretty much inside of my mind. Um, And I walked out and I, and I called my husband and I'm like, I'm, I I can't do this. I can't do this. Like over and over and over again, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I'm just freaking out. And this is the first time that I have ever felt weak and broken. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I'd like to say like the very next day I got a clue, um, but I didn't, I quit immediately. I actually did. I quit. I sent an email and said, I won't be coming back at all. I knew that. I knew that there was no way I could go back. I wasn't. And I knew, I, I knew at that moment that something seriously was wrong mm-hmm. with me um, because I had been able to push myself to do things that, um, my core being screamed no at, but I, so couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't No, it was. So I, I kind of, uh, found, I found an on, you know, VIP kid and I found this little midwifery center that I could work at part-time, And I'm reading the word of God every morning and I'm going, God, I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. Something's not right with me. Like I am literally living. I knew I was living a bare existence that, that I was really broken, but counseling didn't cry out to me anymore. Like the idea of going back into counseling did not resonate with me. And I, ladies and gentlemen, I am not saying don't do counseling. That is, please hear me, please hear me. I I believe very strongly Mm -hmm. in counseling. As a nurse, I worked on a psych floor. I believe in counseling. But I knew I was at a point that that wasn't enough. Like something, Mm -hmm. something was terribly missing and I, and I didn't know. So I was trying on my own. I was started reading books. I'm reading the word of God every day. I'm, I'm literally journaling and, you know, I'm making little changes to my health, my diet, exercise, all these, these little changes started to, um, unpack where I, where I was and where I wanted to be. Um, And we started making some changes to our finances Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we got out of debt and the month we got out of debt, the flood came literally. Mm 
And if you guys know, I uh, literally the month we got out of bed, a flood hit our home and hit the basement where it was a fully furnished basement. Uh, It was where I worked and I was laying on a hardwood floor screaming and crying because the insurance company said there is no coverage for you. You will pay everything out of pocket. And it was like, and I, that was, that was the two by four moment. (laughs) Yeah. That was like, literally I got allowed the flood of our home to get me into a coaching program. I'm laying on the floor. I'm screaming and crying. I'm crying out to God. This can't be the way life goes. I don't know how to survive this. Like literally knowing that other people had it worse than me, like their entire businesses were gone. My home was still intact. We could live in it. And I knew that something was deeply wrong, that I couldn't survive this, that I literally felt like this was the end. This and was going to drown that, you. Yeah. And I knew like, well, other people can survive, but yet I can't. What's wrong? And the very next day, there's an email from this coach that a friend of mine had introduced me to. And I had even said, she's kind of weird. I don't know. She <laughs> talks weird. She says weird things. And it was like, um, mom transformation boot camp, $397 to a joy-filled life. And I was like, joy-filled life. I've never had a joy-filled life. What is joy-filled life? I was like, what's 397 more dollars on top of the tens of thousands of dollars of now? Like it was either that or literally Jill, I thought that I was going to end up going to Shepherd Pratt, which is our form of, of psychiatric facility here. Cause mm-hmm. I, I was, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what mm-hmm. to do. And my husband didn't know what to do with me. And here's the first time that he and my father-in-law and my children are seeing me absolutely beyond broken, screaming and crying on a floor. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, okay. And eight weeks later, I come out of that. And I was like, what? the heck where are all these amazing tools in our church i was pissed (laughs) i was so angry i was like where have these tools been all my life why did i not know about these Mm. and that was my moment of like okay god I'm, I'm doing these tools. I've done these, these coaching exercises that have really like, I mean, <laughs> veil torn away from yeah. my eyes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm not going to live by fear anymore. What do you want me to do? Because I'm not doing any of these other things. And I hate being a nurse. <laughs> and he was like yeah so I'm gonna use that nursing degree and your faith community nursing degree and you're gonna write about me and I was like uh (laughs) are you sure about that god (laughs) and you know and we know as in our healing journey you know, the past is always going to rear up. We're going to have to right. continue. It's a healing journey. It's not an immediate fix. Yes, I came out massively transformed and catapulted to a whole different level. But I still had to 
put those tools into place every single day to get to start even building where I'm at now. And I'm still using those tools and probably will till the day I die. But it was literally like, um, can I Moses one more time, God, and say, yeah, you shouldn't pick me, but I'm going to say yes now. Yeah. (laughs) And so you started, um, did you start initially with writing or with coaching or what did you jump into all of it? Both feet? What happened? Well, uh, thankfully God's nice. Um, (laughs) and he didn't just say, be a coach. Um, (laughs) you know, he didn't even show me, you know, this was three years ago, this September, um, Mm -hmm. that I started bursting with blessings.com. And it was literally like, I thought I was going to be a Christian fiction writer. Like I literally was like, Oh, okay, God, I'm going to start that blog that you've been telling me to, to start because I would hear him on my runs every year, every couple of months, I would hear him say, you need to write about me. You need to start a blog. So when I came out and then he was like, yeah, so that blog, you're going to start that blog now and start writing about me. I was like, oh my gosh, fine. (laughs) And it was literally like, I thought this is going to be easy. This has not been easy, but here's the difference. I wake up excited even when it's hard. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so the days where I'm depleted, I can look and see where I'm powering on my own engine, not speaking God's word when I'm trying to do too much, when I'm trying to manipulate the outcome, because here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, I hope to God, if you get anything out of this, you learn this one thing. We have no control. And if we release control to Jesus Christ to craft the outcome as he so chooses, we will not empty our engine as much Mm -hmm. because it's in the manipulation of our circumstances and others that we pour out a lot of energy and, um, you know, that, that spiritual energy we are we as humans want the outcome that we seek. Mm -hmm. We want it badly enough that we will manipulate ourselves, our circumstances and the people around us with as much spiritual energy as we can. We're going to reach out and we're going to get what we want instead of saying, Oh God, you told me to do this. Great. I'm going to do it. And then you deal with, however this outcome right. which is another way of exhausting ourselves right um mm-hmm. trying to control and to manipulate that so when a woman comes to you and wants coaching uh what does that process even even look like what do you i mean what is how do you get into coaching a, a, a woman oh see god i'm so grateful to god Whew. he's amazing um you know this is going to sound really pompous. And when I talk to her, I just see, I I, I don't really, it's like when she's talking, I see what she needs. Mm -hmm. I I hear, um, it's, it's like it almost, 
you know, when you read the word of God and a verse just jumps out at you and you're like, oh my gosh, I've read that verse like 15 times. And today it jumps out at me. Yeah. It's like, it. I just hear it and I see it and I point it out to her. And she goes, oh my God, you're right. Like, it's about helping her to remove the veil. Mm-hmm. It's how about helping her to see um, what the world has told her is right. And then what really is right with God. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so it's a lot of unpacking the old mentality and really giving her the peace-filled, joy-filled word of God that releases her from all these preconceived notions and all this extraneous stuff that's just burying her. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the point where we can start to say, strategize um, and prioritize and help her with healthy boundaries and then with strategies for building her business or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that she is really coming to me for. Mm -hmm. So what all does your work encompass now? You have the coaching, do you still have the blog? Yes. So, you know, one of the things that I I have not strayed from, you know, that very, very first calling, which is to write about him. And so I still write a daily devotional a couple of times a week. I used to write one every single day. um, But now with the balance of what I do and who I serve right now, I still, you know, I write a daily devotional um, a couple of times a week. Um, and I share different, you know, spiritual empowerment things, you know, to help women, whether or not they ever join into a coaching program or not, right. I still freely give into the online space. So primarily I help, um, Christian women entrepreneurs in my business coaching program. Why? Because the majority of Christian women entrepreneurs understand the need for mindset help. Um, And then, you know, I do have uh, other, you know, women who come for, you know, just, and I use that, I'm using air quotes because there's nothing just about life. (laughs) But I do have women come to me for, you know, overall life coaching or marriage or, um, you know, health coaching to, um, you know, accountability in different areas. So I'm really blessed because I have a diverse ability to help a woman wherever she is. You have a lot of, a lot of different tools. Um, and you've written several books. I have. have. So (laughs) I was looking at your list of books out of all the books that you've written. What is your favorite? Oh my gosh. I knew you were going to ask me this question. And I (laughs) honestly, I, you know, you guys are going to be like, Oh, she's cheesy. Um, I am slightly cheesy just so you know, but, 
it's hard for me to put one finger on one of them, but I think overall it's how to create a biblical vision board for our daily goal achievement. And the reason why is because that is the core of what I teach women um, to help them heal. And it's the core of what I use. So a biblical vision board has your dreams and goals, but more importantly, it has scripture that we pray out loud every day because healing comes when we speak the word of God over the dry bones, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus showed us exactly what it takes to heal, which is to speak the word of God out loud, literally out of our mouths. But we as American culture, women have been taught to stuff everything down to not speak out loud. Right. So that's my favorite book, uh, favorite book, because I want to see a biblical vision board um, with scripture on every single bathroom wall of every Christian around this world. And I want to see those women with their hands up, um, praising God and and speaking, um, speaking it, literally saying, I call to you, Lord, you make me strong and courageous. I am confident and courageous. I have, you know, I, I literally pray these things and it transforms the synapses of my brain to heal those, those hurt places, those 40 years of ingrained um, lies. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, I have uh, thoroughly enjoyed our time together. Um, Tell people how, again, the blog, how do we find that? Uh, Burstingwithblessings.com. Okay. And to get a hold of you as a coach? Um, You can message me on any of my social platforms, uh, Bursting With Blessings on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook at Leah Mason dash Virgin. And of course, my uh, website does have um, a link to book, uh, book a call or to message me um, or to get any of my books. You can get them on Amazon or I'm happy to give them to you. (laughs) Okay, great. Well, lady, thank you so much for the the generosity and blessing of your time. I, I appreciate it. Thank you, Jill, so much for letting me share. I appreciate you so, so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the Post Traumatic Faith Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcast today. You can follow Jill on social media on Facebook and Instagram, jillreilly.author, and on Twitter, Jill Riley author. Email jill at jillreilly.org.